It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class, uh, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For EP 194, we're getting close to 200, Tino. Jake Elliott, Tino Farrow with you. Uh, thanks for joining us once again as we have a fantastic program lined up for you. Lots to talk about this week as well. As I peer up, we're recording early on a Monday morning here, Tino, and it's just starting to begin the heat dome. I got the AC going on overtime here. It's going to be a hot one this week. It's going to be a hot program as well. Tino, what's going on, man? Welcome back to Lax Class. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, How you feeling? How you feeling? Uh, I'm sore. I'm more sore than I thought that I would be at this point. It's been... uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the past week. So I've been having to like move around a lot more than what I'd like to be doing. Yeah. Sorry um, about all that, man. Yeah. Uh, no, just for like full disclosure's sake. Uh, yeah. My, my grandma passed away last week. It's been like a long time coming. Like we kind of come to, came to terms with it a while ago, but yeah, the fair families uh, we're mourning right now, but everyone's doing okay. All things considered. Uh, I've just been saying like, as long as my dad's okay, then like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm as long as he's handling it. Okay. Then I'm handling it. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, but other than that, um, the weekend, uh, I got invited to a friend of mine uh, had a, had a, like a block party, which I didn't know people still still do block parties. Uh, yeah, I didn't, know I didn't yeah. think that sort of thing was allowed. But he, he's got like an unreal like neighborhood and they're all like around like the same kind of age group and stuff. So he invited me to come along. So I just pulled out a, a camping chair and parked myself there for the night. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday, uh, my girlfriend's family, they do this like, uh, big family reunion once a year and they haven't been able to do it since before COVID. So we, uh, they go to a park, there's a big bocce tournament, big potluck, everyone brings some food. So same thing. I just parked the camping chair so I didn't have to move very much, but did partake in the bocce tournament Oh, and, and your boy's team <laughs> came home with the victory. Oh, that's huge. So, huge. Yeah. Nothing better than pulling down a bocce win. Like with the bellies oh. used to do that quite, quite frequently for team parties and stuff. And guys like Kurt Malowski and, and Howie were very competitive when it came to the bocce. And if you could pull down a bocce tourney, you were somebody on that team. Let me tell you. Oh, and you, you got to hear about the game-winning shot, okay, Jumbo. Okay. It was my my teammate who I, I found out yesterday uh, also just plays in the Senior C Lacrosse League. So we've played against each other a bunch of times, didn't even know it. But um, <laughs> we're, like, we're up. It was like 6-5. We're only playing to 7 to keep the game short. Sure. We're about to lose. He gets the last shot. Just bulldozes the other team's ball that's touching the jack. And secures us the victory with the golden goal shot right there. So that's the bar. That's where yellow bocce. <laughs> yeah, so big deal for us. But you got to tell me about your weekend because I know there were some farmers market. Oh God, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we were in the swamp uh, Friday night, and it was pretty swampy. I I can't imagine what Tuesday night is going to feel like, or tonight. I guess as you listen to this podcast. There at Bill Copeland Sports Center. I'm a little bit worried, Tina. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh, Friday night in the swamp uh, for Lakers Berards, which, you know, didn't scream marquee matchup with two teams that are going to miss the playoffs. But it was a decent, decent game. Lakers won that one. 
Uh, Saturday, yes, involved uh, a couple. Not one, TNL, but two farmers markets uh, on Saturday morning for yours truly. Trout wow. Lake and then Deer Lake. Thing was, I went to Trout Lake and I'd never, like, I can't even, I don't even know if I've ever been to that park before. Just because it's like, you know, it's right off of like Grandview Highway and I've never really had a reason to go to Trout Lake before. So anyways, we did, you know, did the tour, walk through the, the, the market, and then we did a lap around the lake. And all I could see was disc golf holes, you know. I'm looking at this park going, oh, man, look at that. You could just fire, you know, put put a basket over there. It is a perfect park for disc golf. But the problem is there's like <laughs> 2,000 people walking around that park. So it was, it's never going to happen. But uh, Saturday was the home opener for the Langley Rams out there at McLeod Athletic Park. And there is no better venue for football. Then McLe- you ever been to McLeod Athletic Park, Tino? I don't think I don't even know where it is. It's deep in Langley, out near the airport. There, I want to say like two oh eight and I don't know thirty eighth or something like that. It's deep. Langley Senior Secondary. There's the covered box. You know where the covered box is in Langley? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like right attached to that, essentially. Okay. Big stadium. Anyways, beautiful day. Home opener. So that was good. Together, it's a little rusty on the football. Oh, speaking. <laughs> A football team. Uh, the president of, of Canada football, Jim Mullen, who the odd time will get in touch with me when there's an opportunity for some work. Uh, like last year, I did the, the Saskatchewan Huskies game out at UBC. And every now and then he'll reach out and say, hey, are you interested in doing this? Well, he did it again. Uh, the Women's World Football Championships are going down in Finland beginning this weekend. I'm not going to Finland, Tino, just so you know. <laughs> but um, he asked me to do a football game remotely from a studio in Surrey, which I've never done before. So I'm kind of looking forward to this experience. But the game is going to be between Finland and Sweden. You know how I told you, Tino, any opportunity you get, don't pass it up. Try it For all. Sure. Do it all. This is this is this is what I'm talking about here. Like I I'm very apprehensive, trepidatious. Uh, any other kind of adjective you can think of. I looked at. So I did the. <laughs> I know I got to spin this back here a little bit. I did the World Championships. I want to say back in like 2015 or 2016 at McLeod when they were here in Canada, and just to kind of give you an example. Like Mexico showed up in white jerseys with silver numbers on the back of their jerseys. Australia gave me a team roster of names, but no numbers associated with (laughs) their team roster. There was ones in alphabetical order, ones that are, you know, just. So anyways, I got sent the rosters for Team Sweden and Team Finland, and I almost had a panic attack, man. Like, I don't know. I told the guy, I'm like, I I don't know about this, Jim. Like, I don't want to, and and the and the fans of women's football may be some of the most passionate sports fans I've ever come across, in a good and sometimes a bad way. I'll just say that. But still, you know, we're five days out from the game. There's no numbers associated with the Finnish team. I'm looking at some of these names, going, I'm going to piss somebody off here trying to get this thing out of my mouth. So anyways, 9 a.m. July 30th, I'm calling a Women's World Championship football game uh, from a studio somewhere in Surrey. 
So that should be fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then Rams game and then uh, just kind of chilled Saturday night, a little disc golf Sunday morning. And then Tino off to the Palace on Poirier for game four of the BC Junior A semifinal between the Junior Shamrocks and Junior Adnacks. And what a game this was. Adnacks staved off elimination on Saturday over in Victoria as Victoria won the first two games. Coquitlam wins game three. They're at home for game four. They're up six buzz, like out of the shoot. And I'm thinking, okay, like, look at this. Here we go. They get up to 12-5, Tino. Like, you know, about five minutes to go in the second period. Get themselves a little penalty trouble. Victoria scores a few late. They're within four at the end of two periods. They keep the run going to start the third. They scored seven in a row to tie the game up at 12. And you thought, okay, like, this is it. Fold the tent. Coquitlam's done. Adnax score the final three game, three goals of the game and win it 15-12 to force game five. What a lacrosse. Junior playoff lacrosse. I, is, is, I think it might be my favorite thing. It's been electric so far this I mean, even the entire regular season for the most part has just been electric. And, you know, we got some some fellow lacrosse flash familia over there, uh coaching the defensive side of the of things for Coquitlam and Aiden York. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, forcing game five and uh little uh, foreshadowing there. I got a I got a junior A uh, Coquitlam Adnact as my as my stallion. Oh, don't yeah, don't give that away. We haven't even Not got yet, into the but big focus yet. Yeah, but uh so uh, game five goes Tuesday, five o'clock from Victoria. I'm demanding that the Jenner family over there in Victoria makes the stream happen one way <laughs> or another. Teddy on the call. Freddie putting up the bucks there from Jenner Chevolds. Mackie can work the technical side. I don't care how it happens, but I'm holding the Jenners responsible for getting game five on the air Tuesday night Langley Thunder Junior Thunder Tino you know they were kind of supposed to be the team I want to say two three years ago Dane Doby was coaching they were loaded for bear and it just didn't really pan out but the Langley Junior Thunder make some history this year as they punch their ticket to the BC Junior final something that I was kind of holding over Buckins' head with the best record in Thunder history as the coach and, uh, you know, going the furthest in the playoffs. Well, they blew the doors off of that as they beat the Nanaimo Timbermen in four games, three games to one, and they'll take on the winner of Coquitlam and Victoria as they don't have to make the trip to Nanaimo on Tuesday for deciding game five. So big win there for Langley. Congrats to them and the Buckins and everybody else, <clears throat> excuse me, associated with the Junior Thunder, Kevin Michael Winkler, Stampede Tack and Western Wear, Tino. Uh, speaking of Stampede Tack and Western Wear, we'll get to that. We got Stallions coming up a little bit later here in period one. The big focus is right around the corner. We have the captain of the New Westminster Salmon Bellies and the Vancouver Warriors. Mitch Jones is on the podcast, back on the podcast this week, and we got a lot to talk about with Mitch. So we'll look forward to that. And no Evan this week, Tino, as uh, old Schemenauer there is still down in Vegas. Well, I don't know if he's in Vegas right now. Apparently he's taking his friends on a tour of the Grand Canyon or something. Go, Anyways, no Evan. 
People might like that. People might not like that. I don't know. I'm just saying. So no heaven this week. We'll still have a pretty, couple. pretty selfish that he's not doing a live recording from the Grand Canyon. Yeah, right on us. the back of a donkey or something like that. <laughs> That'd be epic. Uh, so anyways, a couple report cards coming up. We'll still have some lax glass locks. We got to get better here, Tina. We went over three last week. That's unacceptable. So lots to talk about here on EP 194. We appreciate you joining us. And uh, it's time now, Tino. For the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. You got to do this too, Tina. Big focus. Oh, do I? Yeah, give me a, give me a little <laughs> bit. Of big focus. Big focus. Big focus, big focus. I like it. Not bad, not bad. Big, Better than my horse noise. Yeah, well, it's debatable. Big focus brought to you by nobody. So if you're looking to sponsor the big focus segment here, get at me. We can do. We can make something work here. Big focus this week, Tino. It's not a particularly good one, and it's a it's a bit of a difficult one to navigate without really going at somebody or throwing anybody under the bus here. And I don't want to do that because that's not really the point of what I'm about to talk about. So kind of came across a tweet over the weekend about an incident happening at the Ontario Summer Games where a young Indigenous kid, this is, I want to say, 15, 16 years old, was called for either illegal equipment or wearing jewelry and was tossed out of the game. For doing so first and foremost the whole jewelry rule in lacrosse is completely ridiculous and they need to revisit this entire section of the rule book i'll just say that but what really kind of caught my attention here and got me a little upset is the fact that again i don't want to name names here and throw anybody under the bus but this is happening at an Ontario Summer Games game in a round-robin game where the team that made the call had already locked up first place in the round-robin and at the time of making the call was winning the game 4-1 in a, essentially a meaningless game. And what had happened is the coach called a player for illegal equipment or wearing jewelry when in fact it was a medicine pouch that he was wearing around his neck. And what a medicine pouch is, is something that young Indigenous kids will wear for protection. Essentially, this is part of their religion. So they wear this leather strap around their neck that's attached to a a hand-sewn pouch that they tuck under their chest protector and wear against their chest for protection. And for this to get called under the circumstances that I just laid out seems really, really, really ridiculous to me. And I want to put some onus on whoever the official was. And it's probably a younger fella that maybe got pressured into making this call. But again, I spin it back to... Just people not knowing and understanding the culture and the history and the reasoning 
that the indigenous do certain things. I got informed that, you know, another example of, of something like this happening and something that's happened in the past is that when a loved one or a family member dies in an indigenous community, young people will get a leather strap or some leather bands tied around their wrist. And the reason that they get that is so they stay attached to the real world and the spirits do not take them when they take their loved one. So it keeps them connected to earth essentially and protects them from leaving. So they wear this for 10 days after a loved one dies and and kids have been called on this before. And when when something like this happens, it's ugly, right? It, it, but it's just because it's a lack of understanding why kids are doing this and why it's important to them. And again, it's like it's like a, a Christian wearing a cross around their neck. Like you do not fuck with religion no matter what. And again, I go back to it. To call this up in a game, in a meaningless game, at a, at a provincial summer games, I just cannot understand the reasoning to do it in the first place. And then for the official to allow it, but again, I, it goes back to people not understanding. Like, there's no competitive advantage or safety factor that's coming into play here. But to take it further than that, Tino, when something like this happens, to see provincial organizations like the OLA or BCLA or whoever just kind of ignore it and sweep it under the rug and pretend it didn't happen, that's not okay anymore. That needs to change, and it needs to change yesterday. So this type of thing does not happen again because it's essentially racism. Like you're forcing somebody's religion, taking that away from them. When these people, the indigenous, the First Nations, are the givers of the creator's game, we are playing their sport, and all of a sudden now, we're going to screw them? And tell them that what they do is not okay and wrong. This doesn't make any sense. We need truth. Reconciliation. And understanding. This is what we're talking about here. And it's not okay just to talk about it anymore. Action needs to happen at the highest levels of the CLA. The OLA. The BCLA. These conversations with people that don't know what the fuck is going on need to be put in the know and it needs to come from indigenous people that can help explain why they wear a medicine pouch and why they wear leather straps around their belts or wrists. So, um, you you know, I'll let you get in because obviously I'm getting pretty worked up here, but it needs to start. The change needs to start. There needs to be language written in to memorandums and, and league policies and league agreements. So shit like this, does not happen anymore and when it does if it does because it surely will because there's some ignorant people out there something needs to be done and nothing absolutely i haven't heard anything out of team ontario the ola nothing when this kid got kicked out of a game for wearing a medicine pouch underneath his pads in a meaningless round robin game where this team was already in first place and the other team was going home, essentially. This sort of crap needs to stop. 
Yeah, that's well, first of all, very well said. And and like I think everybody listening to this is going to be able to hear the passion as you're talking about this because you're you're right. It's, it's, you're very obviously getting fired up about this, but understandably so. So from my perspective, I, I want to be very careful about what I say here because just full disclosure, there's a lot of this that I obviously don't understand, and I'm trying to learn as we go along here as well. And and I've been very fortunate. The people that I've reached out to have been very patient with me when I ask questions, and I hope nobody takes any of this as disrespectful when I'm asking questions because I'm trying to understand everything here. But there's a few things to this, obviously. First of all, I, I can kind of sympathize with the referee a little bit, assuming sure. assuming that it is like, uh, obviously, I don't know. But if it's like uh, somebody that's still learning to ref or like someone that's a little younger, if they're being intimidated by a coach or whatever, I can sort of understand that. But that's why, and you said this to me off off air, like, these intimidating, intimidating situations is why kids don't want to ref anymore, which sucks, but that's why there needs to be someone like you said in place to sort of coach these situations for these younger refs that are learning again, assuming that that is the circumstance or somebody higher up that has the final say to be able to say like, uh, no, that's kind of, that's, that's ridiculous. Like cut that shit out or whatever, because a young ref that's getting screamed at by a coach it happens too often already, and I can understand where there can be some intimidating shit going on there. The, the illegal equipment call in general, just, just for a second, forgetting about uh, the pouch itself, the rule itself, the illegal equipment sucks. Like, that's such a desperate call when you're trying to call someone on an illegal stick or illegal pads or jewelry is such a desperate call that anytime I've been a part of a game where something like that is called or anything like that, you just feel like gross. Like, is this really how we're going to try to win this? This guy's got, you know, a necklace on. So and now they're best players out of the game and we're going to, now we're going to try to win that way. And sorry, Tino, it it's beside the point really. And you're right. It's, it's a bit of a gutless move and, and I'm not proud of it. I've called goalies on their, their equipment before to try and get a win. But again, it, it really shouldn't matter the fact that they were winning the game yeah. at the time, and it didn't matter. The game didn't matter. That shouldn't That's... matter. It really shouldn't. But to be clear, this is what has got me. Like, usually you pull that call out when you're down a goal in the third period of a medal game or whatever, and you're desperate. This was not the case in this situation, which has me even more upset about all this. But anyways, yeah. please continue. No, that's well, that's the next part I was going to get to. Like you just said, like the circumstances of the situation where uh, assuming that this is all like we're taking this at face value from everything that all the information we've gathered. Those are the circumstances. The game didn't matter. What are we doing? Aside from the fact that the call is already like a stupid, desperate call that a lot of people, I think, would agree with me in saying that they all kind of everybody kind of feels embarrassed when this call gets called anyways. But Given the circumstances, it's even worse that this is a mean nothing game at this point. You're already winning. What's the point? Which then in a game, like you said as well, we're playing this game that they have given to us. And you're going to turn around towards these people that have given this game to us is just mind numbingly ignorant and stupid and like what other words can you use to describe it? Well, there's a bunch I could use that I'm not going to. And I, and I, 
Again, I don't want to just sit here and pile on somebody for making a stupid mistake because that's not really what this is about. This is about the higher ups, the, the, the decision makers, the people in positions of power to make some change to make this better so stuff like this doesn't continue to happen and when and if it does happen to do something about it start suspending people and kicking people out of our sport that can't figure it out and to take it a step further like i know there's a group back in six nations that has gone to the provincial organization and said like let us help consult you and write some language into into the agreement I, I keep forgetting what the word is so when things like this arise people know what the proper thing to do in these types of situation is and it's just like they've closed the door and said no no we're good we're good no no we got this no we can't do that no we can't we can't just we can't just put these things into our policies well yeah you can yeah you can I hate to just sit here and go at Ontario, but they have been the biggest offenders when it has come to this time and time again, and just nothing seems to get done. No progress is made. Nothing has changed, and it just keeps happening. So how? How do we stop this? How do we change it? I don't know. Hopefully me going off on my podcast pisses somebody off enough where if they want to come at me, so be it, but if it sparks some change, then I'll wear it, because this has gone on way too long, and it needs to change, and it needs to change yesterday, and I'm, I'm just, like, it just makes me sick to hear and, stories like this, and this is just one of many, Tino, one of many. You know what, so first of all, like, I, I got two more things left to say. First of all, there there needs to be some sort of response, like, whether it's through some form of media or whatever, like their Ontario lacrosse has to have some sort of response. And I'm I'm sorry, Tino. And I will say this. I've only kind of heard about one side of this. I haven't talked to anybody from the team or OLA or anything. So there's always two sides to every story. And this is why I've kind of kept coaches and officials and, and names out of this as much as I can. And if, and if somebody wants to get a hold of me and, and tell me their side of things, I'm all ears. I'll even have you on to talk about it if you want to clear the air on it. But from what I have read and the people I have talked to, this, this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. A kid wearing a medicine pouch for protection in a meaningless game, and you're calling this kid and kicking him out of an Ontario summer lacrosse game. Come on. Yeah, and you sort of read my mind there, Jumbo. I was going to say, you know, if somebody has a response, like make this the formal invitation. Come on the podcast. Let's have a conversation about it so you can explain yourself and maybe this sparks some change. But if somebody wants to come on from over there that that is a higher up that has some sort of explanation, like consider this the formal invitation. Come on, let's have a conversation about it and let's let's create some change because this cannot keep happening no i and and when again when it does happen action needs to be taken but i think it all can be prevented with just a little more education and understanding on why the indigenous do certain things that they do and what is important to them when it comes to the sport of lacrosse it's not that hard and and for whatever reason 
These people at the top that are just stuck in their ways and have been in these positions for way too long and refuse to listen and understand and create change need to go. Get out and let's get some people in there that are willing to listen and make some positive change and want to understand because it's done. It's time. This is the time, people. Listen up and figure it out, please. Because I, I can't, my blood pressure can't take this, Tina. What, seeing examples like this time and time again, I just, it's so, so ridiculous and so easy to figure out. You just have to listen and want to learn. That's all it is. Yep, very well said, Jumbo. There is the big focus for this week. Calm down here, Tino. I'm looking forward to some horse noises. We're heading to the Stampede Tech Stables. <laughs> go, Tino, go. What an absurd segue. Nay! Nay! <laughs> I mean, we got we can't just go full tilt on on the offensive here. We got to have a little bit of fun on Lax Glass too. Uh, Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stables for this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week. Of course, uh, Tino Heat Wave is upon us here in BC, and what protects you from the heat, Tino? What types of things protect you from the heat? Right off the top of my head, a nice cowboy hat. Right off the top of your head, a hat. That is the key right there, Tino. The sun, it'll screw you up, man. You need a hat to protect your head and the rest of you from the harmful UV rays, sunburn, all that sort of stuff. Shade is key right now, and hats from Stampede Tack will make your life all the much better. Cowboy hats, ball caps, palm hats, straw hats, bucket hats, ball caps. They got them all there. At Stampede Tack and Western Wear, stampede.ca, head out to Cloverdale, or shop online where it's still shopping local. Hats, Stampede Tack. Stallions of the Week, Tino, you get to go first as usual. Who do you got? I love this. We're going, uh, we're dipping our toes into the water of the Junior A Leagues. Uh, you touched on it a little bit. I'm going to uh, the Coquitlam Adnax. Mm. This individual finished third in the league for points with 64. Second in the league for assists with 45. And last night put up seven points in a game Must to force game five. Yeah. Is yeah. it Jack Mr. Charbonneau? You took the words oh, right yes. out of my mouth. Four goals, three assists, seven points last night. He's been, you know, one of their leaders offensively all season long, continuing it here in the playoffs. So Jack Charbonneau, yeah, absolutely nailed it. This kid's a slick player, man. And bright future ahead of Jackie Charbonneau, who I think attends Hopkins, I want to say. I'm not positive on that. Maybe you can confirm that, Tino. But, uh, yeah, he was the leader there on offense. Lefty forward, runs the power play for the Adnex as well. And just one of those guys that kind of slows the game down to his pace. You know what I'm saying there? Like, when he's got the ball on his stick, it's at... It's at his pace and not all like, like Dobie S I'm not comparing him to Dane Dobie, but Dobie, another one of those guys where the game goes at his speed. And when he wants to play fast, he'll play fast. And when he wants to play slow, he'll play slow. 
and and Jack Charbonneau kind of has a little bit about have has that in him as well. So, like the pick there, uh, I'm going back to the island. Tino, this upstart Nanaimo Timberman unit have finished off their regular season already with uh, still you know a good ten days to go in it, but there they are, twenty four points. Four clear of second place. Shamrock still have four games to play. I'll tell you that. But 12 and six for Nanaimo as they round out their regular season with three straight wins down the stretch over Burnaby, over Victoria, and over Maple Ridge. And in those three games that they went 3-0 and in, one Colton Lidstone put up 16 points with three goals and 13 assists. And what makes it even more crazy is that in game number two against the Shamrocks, he was shut out. He played, didn't score any points. So essentially he had 16 points in two games for Lidstone. And Colton, you're getting this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week from yours truly. As Jack Charbonneau and Colton Lidstone are going into the Stampede Tax Stable. Welcome, boys. <laughs> You're into the Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stable. This week's Stallions of the Week. Colton Lidstone. Wait yeah, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were saying right into the next uh, next period. Yeah. No, you've you've mentioned Colton Lidstone to me a few times in the past few weeks. So mm-hmm. I think that he's been an option for you to be a stallion, but he finally made his way. Uh, I finally got over that high bar that you said. And uh, that's equestrian right there, Tina. You can make the double job. I was watching a little equestrian yesterday, by the way. Anyways, of course anyway, you yeah, are. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say as well, his his team men have made their way to the top of Jim Else's Jim Wade WLA lacrosse rankings, sitting number in the number one spot now. So congratulations to <laughs> Colton Lidstone and the team men. You probably don't know what the Jim Way rankings are all about, do you? No, I'm new to it this year, yeah. but I'm following them every week. So for a long time, there used to be the Subway rankings that would come out of the BCLA office. I'm not naming any <laughs> names here. But essentially, this person, who I don't think goes to watch a lot of lacrosse, would just look at the standings in Ontario and BC and, oh, this team's 10-4, they're number one, and this team's 9-5, they're number two, and just kind of didn't really take into account the landscape and what they had done the previous week and who they had beat and who they had lost to and all that sort of stuff. Jimmer takes in an extra step here and actually puts some thought into this, so People were getting so pissed off, which essentially is, I guess, what you want when you put out some sort of a poll or a ranking system, is you want people to talk about it, and you want people to debate it, and people were doing that, but it wasn't a good debate. It was like, what the hell is this? What You know, like, what is this sort of thing? So Jimmer decided to take it, so Subway was doing this, so it turned into the Jimway rankings, where every week, Jimmer takes all the empirical data, throws it into the to the machine there, and spits it back out, and Jimmer comes up with the Jim Way rankings each week. He's been doing this for a few years now. Oh, it's electric. I follow it every single week. Yeah. So I woke up this morning and checked, and yeah, Nanaimo up at the top. So uh, yeah, congratulations to Colton Lidstone and his team, man. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting finish here down the stretch. I'll just quickly recap this here. So Nanaimo is done, 12 and 6. They can't do any better. Victoria, 10 and 4. Coquitlam, 10 and 5. 
So some jockeying to be done there. Coquitlam with three games left. Victoria four games left. And then you got Langley at eight and six and New West at seven and eight. We'll talk to Mitch about this a little bit here, Tino. But New West beat Langley last week to win the season series. Now, I've got to get this right here. But New West, so if they finish tied, say, at 10 and 8, which may be tough, but even 9 and 9, New West would get in with the head-to-head tiebreaker. And I will say, they have a much easier schedule coming down the stretch than the Langley Thunder do. So this is entirely possible here for New West. Langley controls their own destiny. They got four games left. I would say they'd lead at least two. Three would get them in. Three out of four would get them in. Two might get the job done. One, they're in trouble. So check this out. Bellies finish, Lakers, Berards, Adnacks. So I think, you know, you pencil in here at least two, maybe three to finish off the year here for New West to finish 10 and 8, 9 and 9. Langley, Adnacks, Shamrocks, Lakers, Shamrocks. So three out of the four games there are toughies against second and third place teams here for Langley and haven't shown particularly well against those teams so far this year either. They've beat the teams that they are supposed to beat and they've kind of lost to the teams that are above him in the standings. So we'll see if Langley can figure it out down the stretch here. But I'm really looking at that four spot going, it's it's up for grabs right now. Now, should be noted that the final regular season game is on August the 4th, and the playoffs get going August 5th. So no rest here for any of these guys as they will begin the playoffs the very next night. Now, Series A, Series B will start, one will start on the 5th, the next will start on the 6th. But we don't know where those series are going to start. They could very well both start on the island in Nanaimo and Victoria before we get a game on the mainland. But if Coquillum pushes their way into second place, then we're looking at a you know a second series. So lots to be decided here down the stretch between playoff seedings, who finishes first, second, third, and then fourth place is either going to be Langley or New Westminster. Pretty yeah, exciting sticking, stuff coming down the stretcher. And sticking with Langley and New West, like there's a lot of teams that, whether they're in the playoffs or not, that like to play spoiler. And I think there's a lot of these teams that look at how dangerous that Langley offense can be when they get rolling and probably don't want to be going up against them in the playoffs. So I think Langley certainly does have the tougher schedule, but a lot of those teams as well are going to be playing with some extra motivation going up against Langley to try to edge new West over. Yeah. No disrespect to new West, but I just think a lot of people are looking at that Langley offense and just saying like, if these guys get rolling, this is, this is dangerous. And and for, you know, if you're looking at it from a thunder perspective, they're going to have to beat these teams in the playoffs if they want to go to where they want to get to anyway. So like, here's your chance, right? You control your own destiny coming down the stretch here with four games to go. You want to get into the playoffs, beat the teams that you need to beat in the playoffs to get there. Bingo. Yeah. All right. Huge period. Number one there on EP 194. Let's take a break. Let's get to the captain of the bellies, Vancouver Warriors as well. It's Mitch Jones on the other side. Keep it right here on the lacrosse flash podcast network. 
Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Troy Cordingly, head coach of Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into period number two here on EP 194. Jake Elitino Farrah with you, Associated Labels and Packaging with us as they have been since day number one. Best in the business, labels, packages, family owned, focusing on people, ethics, quality, an ever-growing fleet of technology, an expanding catalog, and the environment is always on the top of mind down there at Associated Labels and Packaging. Associated LP, that stands for Labels and Packages, dot com, as this interview brought, let's pay some bills here, Tino. This interview brought to you by Rycor Construction, as they make it stand out. I talked to uh, Ryan Mills there briefly last week, Tino. His boy, Josh Mills, you know him, Porco Quillam Saints, off to the Canada Summer Games for the week, and uh, the boss from Rycor is heading back there as well to watch his boy. I've never been to the to the summer games. I'd really like to kind of experience that one of these years. But you should experience Rycor Construction at www.rycorconstruction.ca where they make it stand out. Interior, exterior, renovations, lots of experience, whatever you need done. Give Rycor a call, and they'll make it stand out for you. This guy, this is the, oh, I love this segue here because this guy always stands out on the lacrosse floor. It's it's an easy one. It's a lobber. Uh, Mitch Jones, Vancouver Warriors, captain of the bellies, Royal LePage, real estate as well. Mitch Jones, you sold a place in my little uh, humble condo establishment here, Mitchell. Uh, how's it going, man? Going well. Thanks for having me. I think I left my sign up there. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I asked you to pick it up for me one day, and you told me, "What are you talking about?" Well, uh, yeah, you. Uh, you well, I, I kept forgetting to look, and then by the time I actually remembered to look, I think. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's probably like you know uh, a good-looking lady or something. Just saw this sign with your picture on it, and was like, "That's Mitch Jones. I'm taking this thing." Someone might have taken. I'll be. I'll be back there sooner or later, though. So okay. Thanks for having me on the pod. Excited to be here. Yo, let's. Uh, yeah, happy to have you, man. Uh, what? Let's get into a little real estate here for a second. Uh, what The market has been awful for the last little bit here, Mitch. Is it starting to take the turn here and, and come back a little bit? Because you know, a lot of people out there in the country are pretty concerned what's going on with real estate right now. Yeah, it's an interesting time. I, won't, I could talk about it for hours here. But with, I mean, with the interest rates, it's obviously prices are going down. The news is kind of gloom and doom. Um, just... Quite, I mean, the expensive suburb homes, those million and a half and up homes have kind of been completely quiet, I think. And then under a million bucks, the so-called cheap uh, Vancouver properties, those have, uh, those have kind of been chugging along. Okay. People still buying homes, people still buying and selling there. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And hopefully, uh, I mean, out of my hands, but hopefully the uh, government doesn't keep uh, making this money so expensive for everyone and and we'll get back on track no doubt man all right well speaking of getting back on track i would say the bellies have been doing that over the last couple of weeks here on a bit of a win streak and, and it's a win streak mitch that you guys have needed to get on to kind of 
keep your playoff hopes alive. I big win over the Shamrocks on your home floor. You followed that up with almost what was had to have been a must win over the Langley Thunder, which got you the season series and got you a little closer to striking distance to that four spot. What's what's kind of been the difference with New Westminster over the last three, four games where you guys have seemingly kind of found your game? Yeah, I mean, a couple things. I think they are do or die games. We you can crunch the numbers all you want. That's uh, pretty clear. We gotta either win out or I mean, I haven't done the, the full alg- algorithm yet, but I think yeah, Manger, Manger will take care of that for you. I'm yeah, sure. I'll, I'll leave that to other guys' hands, like Manger. But uh, we we've had the attitude that they're must wins because I think they are. And just kind of re- rewinding a bit to the early in the season, uh, a lot of new faces, tons of new faces. Um, I mean, personally, I was excited to play, get back on, on my two feet, and, and I haven't played a ton of lacrosse in the last couple of years. Um, and then exciting to kind of be named captain, be able to lead a young team. Um, I think, I mean, we've made strides through the year. We've added some bodies. We've got young guys playing, playing key roles for us and stepping up for us. Um, we've got goalie, our goalie Higgins playing great. We've got Neil Tyek stepping in playing great. we got, uh, I mean, new additions, like guys like Ethan Forgrave, who just kind of fell, fell to us playing well. Um, so I think that's just kind of where we're at right now. We still got uh, still got three to go here, so two at home and then one at Maple Ridge. Um, and if we can take care of business in those, which I mean we believe we can, we know we can now. We've beat, we've kind of gone through, like you said, Victoria and Langley and and all the other teams. So we're kind of hoping to keep that going and see if we can uh, make a push to playoffs here. Yeah, I want to talk about Zach Higgins a little bit because, and I need to pump my own tires a little bit as well because I mentioned in the NLL season last year you, that you don't need to, Tina. Oh, I do. Going, you're Jake, going to, I do. You're going to. Anyway. You're, you're a Higgy guy. I'm a Higgy guy too. <laughs> well, I was saying last season, I thought he was one of the best goalies in the NLL, but I, I thought he was just getting sewered by the Philly defense for a long stretch of the season. So I don't know. Maybe just go into him a little bit and talk about how big he's been as an addition to you guys this year. Yeah, goalies are funny. I mean, I think of myself as somewhat of a lacrosse eye, but goalies are always tough. You, obviously, there's a lot of factors going in towards that. I've seen Higgins since junior. I've seen him in, in his young days in senior. I've seen him in the NLL. I've um, never played with him, though, so I'm now getting to play with him. And, I mean, he's he's dialed in. He's at the top of his game. He he, he cares. He's there. He loves taking shots. He, he still wants to get better. I think he's, what is he, 30? He's older than me, so he's 31, 32. Still looking to get better every time I see him, whether it's a practice or in the warm-ups or whatever it is. Every chance, he's still trying to get better. Um, Kevin Crowley was a guy who who kind of pushed for him to come out here and obviously plays with him in Philadelphia. Um, and there were some, not skeptics, but guys thinking like, oh, is he is he the real deal? Is he going to really help us that much? Like, he's coming all the way. And Kev was like, oh, no, he's pretty much what we've seen. He told us, yeah, he's dialed in. He's ready to go. Um, great team guy. Pretty quiet guy, but he's, he's out here with his uh, – uh, wife. Now wife, yeah. Now wife. I was gonna say fiance or girlfriend, but yeah. Now wife and dog, and and I think they're enjoying the West Coast life. And he's getting, uh, he definitely got plenty of rubber thrown at him early in the year. Um, <laughs> did he ever, <laughs> Mitch? Like, did yeah. he ever? We almost, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had some people who hadn't watched the games after, say, six, eight bellies games. We were maybe two and six or three, whatever it was, and. And they're, oh, hey, he's, is he not playing that great? I go, no, no, no. He's he's playing lights out. I don't know. We would be, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. I had to convince somebody of that as well, uh, close to me, and and I was like, yeah, like I don't know where New West is without Zach Higgins right now. And you said, you know, you were happy to get kind of get back on your feet and then start playing lacrosse again after missing a real 
big chunk of the NLL season, which I know had to be real difficult for you, Mitch. And then you kind of had to ease your way back into it, a little load management, if you will. But talk to me now, um, after kind of getting through all that, where are you at health-wise and, and feeling-wise uh, heading down the stretch here of the WLA season? Feeling good. Yeah. Honestly, just building confidence. It's I've never had uh, a lower body injury like that before. I've had plenty of broke my jaw and my wrist and stuff like that, where it's more just pain management. But getting on that foot and trusting to kind of have your footwork and, and that's a large part of my game has been uh, has been a challenge and, and continue to do it, but feeling more and more confident every day. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a little bit of a tough stretch for me with, with the COVID year being canceled, breaking my foot, missing a season, uh, no summer season. So just excited and, and happy to be back out there and kind of the situation with all the young kids and some familiar faces um, in our veterans with, with, I can list them, but brighter and salty and, and guys like that. And Jumbo still being around. Um, <laughs> that wasn't why I was pointing at me. It was because I want to ask the next question here. But I appreciate yeah, that. It's been, it's been good. I'll let you go now. No, I was just going to say, you know, you mentioned being the captain of the bellies. And, and that's not something that a lot of guys have had the opportunity to do. It's, it's you know, pretty sacred and hollowed ground. You look at the guys that have worn the sea in New West before. That's got to be a pretty special feeling for you to, to do that. And and to take over from a guy like Curtis Hodgson, who obviously now coaches Vancouver, but there were a long time in New West. And like I said, you look up and down the list of guys that have worn the captaincy in New West, and now you're part of that group. Yeah, no, it's definitely an honor. Um, I mean, I've been a part of Belly's, or not not only a part, but just watching Belly's history for a long time now. Um, it was funny when it, when they first named me captain. It was pretty nonchalant, and I almost looked around. We our dressing room was pretty bare at the time. I, I kind of said, "Ah, oh, like by default, that's all right." Though, like, I made that, <laughs> made that joke with a few guys. Um, but then it, there's two guys who who came up to me. I think John Hanna uh, kind of congratulated me and said, "Hey, it's, that's a big deal. Congrats!" And then uh, Curtis Hodgson, obviously, as well. Yeah. So those two guys kind of let me know, and I thought, you know, yeah, I'll take take a lot of pride in that, and uh, hopefully, do the best job I can. Uh, moving over to the Warriors now for a little bit. Uh, they just recently announced uh, Troy Cordingly as the new mm. new bench boss. Uh, obviously not to throw any shade towards Chris Gill, but does a move like this get you more excited for the season? And have you had a, much of an opportunity to chat with Troy yet? It does, yeah. I, I'm excited about Troy. I, I'm in a unique situation where I had him for, for three-plus years in Buffalo. So no, he's I about, forgot about that, yeah. So you know yeah. well, you know what. Oh, yeah. I mean, I came in the league. I had played a few games for uh, Washington before that under under CH, but essentially I came in the league under Troy, and and he taught me a bunch, and he taught me how to work hard, and taught me what a pro team is supposed to look like, and uh, his team first attitude and his his fire and passion that he brings is is something to be excited about for sure. Um, I think I heard you talk about it when you had him on there. Like it almost might be a culture shock for some of the West Coast boys, but from everyone I've talked to, everyone's excited about it as well and looking to to see where we can get, right? Um, Gilly is with us. Gilly got better every year with us, in my opinion. He he was making steps, but I think Troy brings a, another level of just passion and and fire that this team, I think, needs, and I think it's a great hire. And, uh, yeah, definitely something to get, to get excited about. Yeah, and he'll bring Philip Sanderson along with him, and uh, we all kind of know the resume of, of Phil and, and the Sanderson family, which is, <laughs> isn't going to hurt either. And, and you, you know, you, you mentioned the culture shock, but I think, like, guys knowing that coming into camp will probably prepare themselves for it so it isn't such a shock when they come in. They'll know what to expect now, and now they have to prepare themselves 
because they'll know what that expectation is going to be. For sure. Yeah, I think, uh, and I gave a little warnings and, and just, Hey, let's, let's be that team that fits into, to we're, we're full of fire. We're full of energy, full of hard work and, and team first attitude. Um, not that we haven't been building steps to get there, but I think sometimes a coach can come in and, and hold people accountable and, and push you further in that direction. So I think guys will be ready for that. And, uh, and I think, I mean, my personal experience as being a young guy in Detroit, I think it was great for me. I think at times that I always would, I'd rather have been put straight in the top of the power play, of course, but I think it was really, it was really good for me the way he brought me up and, and Don't play defense. communicated with me. He didn't just throw me on D and say, go there. He communicated and told me, Hey, this is your job on our team. And, and if you can accomplish this, then we'll, we'll get to this kind of thing. So I was, I was grateful to have that experience and, uh, looking forward to um kind of being there as a veteran and having him as the leader yeah it's i mean the training camp's gonna be here before you know it mitch and and listen uh the warriors are getting another high draft pick i still haven't figured out whether it's three or four yet i don't know if you can confirm or not but i would think dan's gonna be active at at the draft maybe with uh with a couple of trades and then free agent season not too far away here either and I don't know, I just get the feeling that something big's coming down the pipe. You're not going to tell me anything that you know, and, and I know that. But if you could see or could get a, a couple of players or maybe a couple of positions where you'd like to see improvement on this team, what direction would you go in? I think we're finally at the point where, where we have a core group of guys that we're, we're confident, we're happy with. We have a core group of young guys who are going to get better and have already proven they belong in this league. Um, we got a dra- high draft pick who I'm not sure if it'll be coming in this year. This is actually the first year I'm not very in tune with the draft. I, I don't know many of the names there, but either way, you add a you add a young, high caliber player at three or four into your stable. Um, and then we go to free agency. And I think it's an exciting time to be in Vancouver. I think, I mean, even the way we ended last year, we competed in every game. We're, we're showing we're competitive. We're, we're showing that we got guys who can, who can play all over the floor. We're essentially adding myself back and hopefully a couple of free agents. So I think, uh, yeah, it's the same time in Vancouver. I'm, I mean, I'm fired up to go. It feels like forever. My, my off season started six months ago. Um, but yeah, I think it's good. Good things are going to come here in Vancouver. Well, you're talking about Crowley and, and Higgins uh, earlier with the bellies. They look pretty good. And I almost did a horse noise there when you said stable. It was like a trigger, Mitch. Like I almost just broke out the horse noise when I heard stable. I've, I've heard that horse noise. I've never seen it live, though. So that's, that's you why. don't want to see it. <laughs> no, no, you no, don't want to see it. Them. The humanity <laughs> is just not worth it. Uh, getting into last season a little bit more, um, the start of the season, like you guys look like you took a huge step. And I think a lot of the fans were starting to – uh, get fired up with as the winds were were coming along. You saw more and more fans coming into Rogers Arena, but in the second half of the seasons, in the season, things started to unravel a little bit. Obviously, injuries play a huge factor to that. You were one of them. Uh, Hammer Jackson had a couple injuries as well, and some other guys. But what do you think the Warriors have to do next season and beyond to try to build off of that momentum that came in the first half of last season? Yeah, I think we were ready to go last year. We had a good training camp. We had more confidence in our roster than we had before, more confidence in in our systems and our the way the direction we want to go. Um, got off to a, a pretty good uh, start, kind of what we expected. And we've talked internally about kind of some of the issues that happened throughout the year. Um, not nothing major, really. Like we obviously like we can look at those Colorado games where we get up huge and kind of just relax and let them get back. Those are those were huge. I think if we take even one of those, we're, we're actually fighting for a playoff spot as opposed to 
down the stretch. Yeah. We were still alive technically, but it, it was an uphill battle. A um, couple games, and I'm sure every team can say this, but a couple close games where we just didn't, didn't get the job done in, in the win column, right? But we were playing pretty good ball. And then, of course, injuries. So we had a couple guys back, and I think that makes a difference. Um, yeah, a couple, couple internal things I won't share, but um, things we think we can do that will keep us going through the season instead of kind of tailing down, which is obviously not the direction you want to go. So, and and Troy is another huge thing. I mean, he's he's a guy who's then allows so the season's so stretched out, but you have limited time together. So every time you're together, you got to get better. And if you don't do that, um, you're going the other direction, right? Because you look at teams like Colorado or Buffalo or the top teams, they're getting better throughout the year and they're finding a way to do it. So I think that's kind of our focus here is coming to camp with what we have and let's find a way to get better every single week. Here with Mitch Jones, Vancouver Warriors and New Westminster Sandbellies. I, I want to submit it back to the bellies here for a sec, Mitch, because <laughs> something pretty cool happened this year. And, of course, your your older brother, Jason, was coaching my girlfriend's daughter's lacrosse team this year. So I got to watch uh, young Taylor play a lot of lacrosse and, and Jason do some coaching. But then as you move into the WLA season, you and Jason there, of course, in New West, your dad's on the bench coaching. Then you get to go up against Maple Ridge and Ryan Jones, your youngest brother, so then you got three Jones boys on the floor, a dad in the bench, and then you got mom up in the stand saying this was the first time that she's ever watched all three of her sons play lacrosse together on the same floor. Great picture there in Maple Ridge after the game. That had to be a really cool family moment for you guys. Yeah, that was cool. I, I never really thought about it from my mom's perspective. I think I'm sure we've been in a, in a building together, but I guess the three of us playing is a little different for her. I know she's watched a, a boatload of lacrosse games over the years. Um, always fun to play with Jay, and 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 it's been awesome to have uh, RJ on the bench with us. Uh, still waiting to, to find a way to pluck Ryan to come over to our side, but uh, I've been watching him. He's been playing well this year and, and proud of him. He's uh, I think it was good for him, to, uh, not good for him, but the, those couple of years off gave him a chance to kind of gain some confidence, get bigger and stronger, and he's fitting right in for sure in the WLA. So excited to see what he has coming. Uh, but yeah, Joneses are still uh, very active in the cross these days. That's for sure. I got to watch a couple of uh, Taylor and your girlfriend's daughter's games as well. Those those are fun to watch. A, a unique brand of lacrosse, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun to watch those girls out there and put in the effort. What's uh, what's Uncle Paul doing? Uh, he was at last game. He texts me every once. He's got the lifetime pass, so he's okay. there. What's the last game? He brought brought his son Cooper. Um, yeah, he's been around. I usually get out for a golf round or two with him every summer, but I haven't got the call yet this year, so maybe it's my turn to to give him a ring. Okay, well there you go, Mitch. I think I'm good, man. I know you got a big meeting coming up with Royal LePage Real Estate, and me just uh, stay tuned because we're going to talk a little bit more about this as the summer goes along, and uh, maybe something in the cooker there between us, right? Sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited to look, look forward to that and make something happen. All right, man. Uh, best of luck against the Lakers. Uh, and Warrior season is just around the corner. Best of luck the rest of the way, pal. Thanks for doing this. Jake, Tino, thank you very much. Talk to you guys soon. There you go. Mitch Jones, number 16 for your Vancouver Warriors in New West, Mr. Sandbellies. Tino, I mentioned it. You know, the captaincy there in New West is not just handed out lightly. And I think Mitch was was really the obvious choice there in New West where he's got his veteran status, but more good, productive years to come. And he's going to be the captain there in New West for, for a long, long time. Yeah, and uh, like a lot of people, a lot of people, they talk about wearing the C and, and there's some people that are so humble about it and they, they, 
mention how like it's just a letter it's not really that big of a deal but with a, such a historic franchise like the new Westminster salmon bellies that's one where if there's any team out there where it means a ton that's one of those teams and mitch jones is uh very deserving of it so i'm sure he's like he said he's very proud to be wearing that letter curtis hodgson craig stevenson eric callison Wayne Goss. Like, come on. This is uh, royalty, lacrosse royalty right here. So, uh, looks good on Mitch. And, man, I tell you, I'm so fired up to see a healthy Mitch Jones all season long running with the Warriors. I just keep thinking back, like, got out to, like, what, 25 points in three games, and the Warriors were 2-1, and one, and I'm thinking, okay. And then the injury, and things change pretty quickly there in Vancouver, and you just... You cannot replace your best offensive player on your team when he goes down with the long term. You can kind of patch it up and put a Band-Aid on it for a little bit, but over the long haul, it's going to catch up to you when you lose a guy of that caliber. Oh, and like, man, best offensive player, maybe best all-around player. Like, yeah. a lot of people forget that he came into the league playing defense with Buffalo. Yeah, and one man has- cup and Victoria doing it too, I think. And has just obviously rounded out his game to become one of the premier offensive players in the league now. So people forget that he can hold his own defensively as well. But yeah, you know, like if if that injury goes a different way, maybe maybe the Warriors are in a playoff spot or at least fighting for one, like you mentioned. Pretty sure he holds a Minto Cup record for like fifty-seven points in one game or something oh like that. Oh my god! No, not that. Many, Have to fact check. He scored, <laughs> scored like ten goals in one game for Orangeville. Uh, in a Minto Cup run there. Good guy. Uh, selling the real estate, too. Like I mentioned, you know, he was uh, in the building doing a little open house down there on floor one. I was like, what's going on? Why is Mitch in my apartment building right now? But <laughs> there he was. So uh, he's, he's a busy man. He will be on the parquet at Queen's Park this Thursday to take on the Burnaby Lakers. You'll hear more about that in period three with Kings of Queen's Park, which is, well, it's coming right up here. Because period two is over. Period three is next. EP 194 of Lax Class rolls on after this. Double overtime. Game seven. Mitch Jones into the middle. Got rim. Got a shot. Scores. Mitch Jones puts the bellies into the finals. Stolen by Mike Messenger. Twisting, turning, scoring. They can taste it. Listen to this place again. You know, the Canadian Army could use a tank like Mike Messenger. Time now for the Kings of Queen's Park, brought to you by the new Westminster Salmon Bellies. Underhand, low to low, for West Coast purposes, we'll call it a sub shot. A weapon every pure goal scorer needs in their lacrosse arsenal. It's been used since the creator gave us the sport, but it wasn't until the 1930s when Buckshot Thomas of the Six Nations took it to another level and showed it off in arenas around the East. However, an early West Coast master of the subshot was New West Salmon Belly and Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Famer, Bill Job. Jobber was gentlemanly, another one of those New West firefighters. He only racked up 55 minors and two majors in his entire 339 game career. And legend has it, rarely did Job shoot anything but the underhand subshot and always low to low. Goalies knew this, so when Bill wound up, they would jump out to the edge of the crease and stay low to block the shot. But there was one game back in 1961 when his stick would not stop hooking. Every time he took a shot, the ball rose upward behind the still crouching netminder. The hooking stick gave Bill five goals that night and a new way to score for the rest of his career. 
the low to high sub shot in box lacrosse remains one of the hardest ways to score a goal in this sport. Job scored seven goals one night against Nanaimo and altogether 354 in his Hall of Fame career. Job was also an avid golfer and sunk three holes in one in his lifetime. That underhand stroke used for more than just lacrosse. Sadly, Bill Job passed away in 2021, 10 days shy of his 90th birthday. Another New Westminster Salmon Belly legend that we celebrate here in the Kings of Queens Park. I'm Brad Challoner. Thanks for hanging out. Your bellies are back at it Thursday night against Burnaby. Tickets and info at salmonbellies.com. Welcome back to Lax Class. No more breaks here as we move into the third period of action. Jake Elliottino, Farah with you. Normally, this is where we welcome Evan back to the podcast. He's on a donkey at the Grand Canyon uh, down there. And I, I don't even know my geography, but I'm assuming Nevada is on one side and Arizona is on the other side of the Grand Canyon. Is that how that works? Because how you're, you're asking the wrong guy. Okay. We're, we're lacrosse dudes, man. We don't know geography. Anyways, uh, no Evan this week, but uh, still things to talk about here in period number three. And it begins with report cards. Settle down, class. Today is report card day. Today is report card day. It's report card day. Report card. Report card. Report card. Report Tina, I told you to remind you, you forgot. You can't admit that you did. Ah, damn it. But report cards are brought to you by Stampede Zach. Talked a lot about hats. We've been talking about belts as well. Actually, I did a bunch of laundry this week. I know this is riveting podcasting right here, Tino, but I did a bunch of laundry this weekend, and I actually was surprised at how many belts I own. But the other thing that surprised me is how crappy they are. Like, all the belts, like, they're fraying. The, you know, some people, little pieces broken off on it. The, the holes are stretching on it. If you want a good belt, Tino, Stampede Tack and Wet, all full green leather belts that will last. They're the best belts in the country. And you get them at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Probably get yourself a big fancy buckle as well. Tino, when are we going to Stampede Tack? Wednesday? Hey, we can do it later this week. Uh, I can't do it today. Can't do it tomorrow. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, Thunder get game Wednesday. Going. Let's uh, let's do this, man. We gotta we gotta. You're gonna be blown away when you walk into that store. It's out there at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th. They've been there since 1966. Hats. They got belts too. Stampede Tack and Western Wear is where you want to go. Uh, report cards this week, Tino. I'm going to let you go first. Uh, House of Positivity. Let's have it. Yeah, House of Positivity. I'm going with a B plus. Uh, it could it could trickle towards an A, but we got to see how things play out here. But we're going to go towards the Junior A Thunder with a big 10 to seven victory last night over Nanaimo to secure their spot in the BC Junior A Finals for the first time in their history. So I'm giving them a, giving them a B plus for getting there. If they can now get over the mountain and head towards officially towards the Minto Cup, then I'll get them into the A category. But huge congratulations to Langley. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago as well. They were part of that whole like 
that nonsense with the junior a new West team yeah, where yeah, yeah, they yeah. traded all their players and so on and so on. But you know, this, this core group of thunder have been playing so well this season. I, I was privileged to be able to call a couple of their games this season when they were playing Poco and yeah, just a dynamic offense. They got Malowski on there as well. They got Phillips They're They're just an electric offense to watch. And yeah, really who happy you, for those guys. Who do you think they want to play? Would they rather play the Shamrocks and have the whole island thing and, you know, the top team or Coquillum who finished fourth, nine and five in the regular season, but has seemingly found their stride here in the playoffs over the last couple of games. Who do you think Langley would rather play Coquillum, the per, the perennial BC champions or Victoria, who's, you know, had some good success as of late and been in the Minto cup back in 2018. Who do you think the thunder want to, match up against i mean it's it's a rock and a hard place type situation like you're going up against a powerhouse either way i would think they probably want to play coquillum for the travel factor of it yeah but with them being there and them having made it this far i would imagine they want to continue to build this sort of like legacy of them being the best team so they want to probably play the next best team and we're seeing this we talked about it before coquillum and victoria now going to game five after coquillum force yesterday um, they're certainly going to be getting the best team that they're going to be going up against. So, uh, but yeah, for the travel factor, I would say they probably want Coquilla. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I'm staying on the positive tip here, Tino, and I'm going to give, what'd you give a B plus? Yes, sir. I'll give a B plus too. How about it? Uh, going out to all the good folks at the Canada summer games, Box lacrosse making its triumphant return to the summer games after being on the program in 1969 and 1985, Tino. That's the last time. Can you believe this? Our summer national sport at the Canada Summer Games has not been played since 1985. This thing's going down August 6th to the 21st. Uh, girls and boys are playing here, 17, U17, and this is going to be fantastic experience. I know some teams are in tough, like I know uh, Coquillum lost Nathan Chalmers because he's back on this team, so he's missing game four and missing game five of their playoffs. But this is an experience that only comes around probably once in your lifetime if, you, if you're in the right window. And I'm so happy to see lacrosse back in the Canada Summer Games. I know this is a huge deal for our country and our sport to be on showcase here at a big, big tournament like this. So B-plus for lacrosse getting back in the Summer Games. Yeah, a bunch of my Ridge kids were on the, uh, were on the uh, what's it, the Fraser Valley team, I guess. I know there's like an island team. There's like Okanagan. But yeah, a bunch of my Ridge kids were out there. And my boy... Uh, Quinn Mulcahy, the guy who played goalie in the in the Braveheart thing, oh. one of the goalies uh, for the Fraser Valley team, posted a shout-out in one of his games, oh. baby. Wow. So, yeah, shout-out to all my Ridge boys that were out there. Niagara, where is this going down here? Niagara region. Um, you can get all the information on the BCLA website. It's probably the easiest thing to do, bclacrosse.com slash 2021 Canada Games. Uh, you can find it. Pretty simple. But oh, good can luck. I add one more thing there, yeah, Jumbo, as well? The, they had they were live streaming the games as well. No commentary. Uh, like, hit us up, guys. Let's get us out yeah, there. Yeah, Let's no doubt. some play-by-play. I was going to say, sometimes that might be a good thing, uh, not having 
commentary, but uh, that's, uh, that's another topic for another day. Uh, but yeah, I will. Hey, sign me up, man. I'll go do some Canada summer games. No doubt about it. All right. A uh, couple of B pluses there on report cards. Positive. Remember that folks. Cause it's not going to be like that every week. Tell you that much right now, and I, I had the opportunity, Tino, to you know, throw some shade around this week if I really with a couple of ugly things going on in our sport this week. Uh, so I had the, uh, but I was like, you know what, I'm not going to go there this week. Let's uh, let's save that. So report cards are done, and uh, you know what comes next, Tino? It's lax glass locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare block of the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. It has been Lax Class Locks, brought to you by Coolbet Canada. Coolbet.com. It's been so long, Tino, since we've heard the the money drop at the end of of last class locks here. And we're not hearing it this week again, as we were a pathetic. Oh, and three, I said, you know, if you're not feeling what we're doing, maybe you pick the opposite. And who knows if you did that this week, this past week, you just cast yourself a lot of money going against what we said. So we're on a major cold streak here. There's no way around. All right. Like we're just, we're on a death cold streak right now, but time to turn it around, and we're going to simplify things here very much so. We're sticking in the PLL. Again, stay tuned because I think there's going to be a, a few more lacrosse odds going up at Cool Bet. Just stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but we're staying PLL this week, and we're staying in the over-under category because then you don't really care who wins the game. You just want to see goals or you don't want to see goals. So over-under and Again, life's too short to play the under. The under sucks. So we're going full-time over here. Three games, all overs. Atlas Archers at 23 and a half. Chaos Redwoods at 23 and a half. And Whip Snakes and Chrome at 23. All at minus 110. That gets you to about 596. I think that'll be perked up a little bit. By the time the lacrosse classified parlay hits the website, if you know what I'm saying. So you're looking at 20 jumbo bucks. You're probably looking around 155, 160 on your return for something as simple as just three overs. This doesn't seem all that difficult, you know. I think we're gonna we got a lock this week. I think this thing's coming home. Yeah, I hope so because I. Yeah, I think maybe it's me. Like we haven't won one of these since I've been on the podcast, including the first episode. I was a guest. Okay. Like, well, I'm going to chalk this up to Evan. Not be, if we win, it's because Evan wasn't here. Yeah. Suck it, Evan. Suck it. Evan. How's the grand Canyon, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just stay there. No, I think he's coming back from Vegas soon, but uh, so anyways, we'll go three overs again. Redwoods, chaos, whip snakes, Chrome, Atlas archers, all overs. Book it. We're, we're, we're swinging for the fence here. All you have to do is go to coolbet.com. You sign up an account. And before you make your first time deposit, 
up in the top left corner there, you'll see a little green button. Bonus code LAXCLASS. One word, LAXCLASS. What that'll do, Tino, is get you free money. Up to 200 bucks on your first time deposit. Cool bet will match it. So if you put in 200, you get 200 bucks for free from the folks at Coolbet. All of a sudden you got $400 in your account. I wish I could be a first time depositor again, quite frankly. Do this if you have not done it now, coolbet.com. Stay cool, bet responsibly and bet the over in Atlas Archers, Chaos Redwoods and Whip Snakes and Chrome and you'll uh, pad your account even more when all those things come home. A huge EP194 is coming to a close, but not before we tell you to give us a follow on social media at Ferratino, at PXB for sports. If you want to follow Evan, do that at your own risk. I'll just say that. At Shemlax. Uh, we are at, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class on Twitter. We got a Facebook page, and we got an email address if you want to get a hold of us that way, at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast right now and fire down a quick review there as well. That will surely help us. Speaking of helping us, our sponsors do that every single week here. And I hope you guys are returning the favor and supporting our sponsors, the Kings of Queens Park, the new Westminster Sandbillies. I knew I forgot something, Tina. We forgot to talk about Kings of Queens Park. My apologies on that. And while we're at it here, I know I got a little worked up in the first period. I want to apologize for the language. I know a lot of kids listen to this podcast, and sometimes when I get worked up, things come out, and kids, don't swear. It's not cool. Sorry I did it. Wanted to get that in there. But a big thank you to our sponsors, the new Westminster Sandbellies, Associated Labels and Packaging, Rycor Construction, Coolbeck Canada, and Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Of course, thank you to Mitchell Jones for coming on the podcast and to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lax Class each and every week. We'll be back next week, every week, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. EP 195 is up next. In the meantime, enjoy the games, everybody. And we'll talk to you next time here on Lacrosse Classified. For Tino Farah, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, stay classified.